hit that button, Rusty. Let's do this thing, chicken wang. Is it going yet? It is. I just wanted to let that joke no. hang there for a while. It wasn't a joke. That was a It's just statement. a funny, a a funny line. One of those little dad things. Dad. Hey, chicken wang. Yeah, you know. <laughs> what? I'm hungry. Hey, hungry, I'm dad. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, thirsty is Ed's big one. Thirsty. I don't know why I said it like that, but yeah. <laughs> thirsty. Thirsty. Do you do it's high thirsty on dad or do you go through the whole, hey, thirsty, I'm Friday. Let's I'm get together thirsty. Saturday for no, a No, I don't go that far. No, not yet. Not go yet. Over, she wouldn't get it. Go over her head. Yeah. It's fun being a dad. You get to recycle all those all those old dad jokes. It's it's tough, man. We, uh, she knows. We gave away Pulled our two-year-old. She turned two last Wait, Friday. You March. gave her away? We gave her away. Just what? said free on social media. They came, picked her up. It was... What are you talking no, we gave away her pacifiers, oh. and we didn't actually give them away. We just lied to our two-year-old, uh, which is a great That's way to establish parenting. Establish right. trust uh, early. We've got this other baby that they are obsessed with, um, baby Eleanor. So we said, hey, we're going to give baby Eleanor your passies. That a she really, baby yeah, uh, baby Eleanor really needs your passies. So Margie was all into it until bedtime, and mm-hmm. she realized, no, I don't want to give baby Eleanor my passies. You know? So y'all just so, muscle through it? Yeah, yeah she that. really... Every every night she's cried for five or ten minutes or so, but then she winds down and has slept all night. So we're calling that a win. I get it though. I'm like I'm that way with a body. Pillow. I sleep with a one of those big four foot body pillow things. Yeah. And if it's on the floor or something, I get in bed. I'm like that. You're like, like oh, 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 my, my pillow. Tell Eleanor I want my, my pillow, pillow back. Get your own pillow, Eleanor. Start the music. <laughs> Well, hello. That got out of, got out of control. <laughs> hey, no. nothing but a couple of dads here shooting the bull. Pew, pew. <laughs> hey, everybody. This is One Hour a Week, a 30-minute ministry podcast. That guy is Rusty Mott. Greetings and salutations, kind <laughs> folks. And I'm Jared Hollier. Uh, hey, welcome to our new listeners. We we picked up some new listeners recently after our illustrious breakout session at the SNBA Ignite Conference. I would say it was a breakout performance oh, and a breakout session. Zinger. Uh, real talk. Let's let's recap that. It was a good day. It was fun. Kudos to Jimmy Neal, uh, director of missions at the SNBA. One of and our his, four listeners. And his staff. It, it really was a great conference. Uh and he will call us and say, hey, I heard I, I get mentioned all the time on y'all's podcast. And he kind of acts like he doesn't like it, but he's a fan. <laughs> Jimmy, this is for you, brother. It really was a good conference. Yeah, uh, you killed it. Doc, I'm talking to Jimmy right now. Oh, you one of our four listeners. Let's talk to him. Jimmy, you killed it, man. Man, you put you together did, a great conference. You did a great job. Uh, Dr. Richard Blackaby gave a couple of good talks on First Kings. The breakout sessions I went to were were great. I went to, which ones did you go to? Because we didn't, except for the one we did together. Is this the awkward part where I have to say I didn't go to any breakout sessions? Did you skip sessions? them? No, I went to Dr. Tony Wolf's breakout session on small groups. And then after that, I went to Rick Fisher's breakout session on prayer. And then we did a breakout yeah, session we did together. One. And for the final breakout session, uh, Derek Hicks and I got to have a special breakout session with David Nugent oh, where so he the, poured all kinds of wisdom. It actually was. I told, I told my wife when I got home, I was like, that wasn't a scheduled part of the conference, but it was extremely beneficial. Yeah. Just it's helpful to have a, an, a wise pastor who has been doing it for a lot of years kind of speak into your situation because both of us had some, you know, just kind of threw out some questions. What do you do here? What mm-hmm. do you do? And it's just always 
interesting if you know David Nugent to kind of hear his perspective on things. It's always uh, a little different, but in a good way. Yeah. So it was it was encouraging. And I tweeted that afternoon that one of the best parts of doing things like that, especially locally, is just seeing people that you know that you don't get to see a whole lot because yeah. we're all in our different towns, you know, live an hour apart from each other and kind of spread out over the area. But just running into a whole bunch of people and hugging and yeah. catching up and seeing a bunch of friends. So yeah, uh, I went to uh, Jason Harris and Daniel Begno did a session on uh, using video in your worship in your uh, worship services. Uh, in the afternoon, I went to one that was Matt Moody from First Baptist Tent Pill, Adam Schaefer from Pinecrest and Silsby, and our very own Pat O. Is this Pat uh, O? Did kind of a panel Q and A about. Work, you know, leading worship and music. And had you and Pat made an agreement, and you threw him a couple softballs. I did. Hey guys, I got a question, and no. Pat's like, "Let me tell you what." The opposite of that. I walked okay. in and was like, "What's your favorite psalm?" <laughs> Not song. So yeah. I couldn't think of the word. Pre- I still can't think of the word. Impre- imprecatory. Imprecatory. What's the word I'm looking? Pecatory. Purgatory. What's your favorite purgatorial psalm? <laughs> Anyway. One hour a week, a not theological podcast. And I met Tony Wolf, and we've become Twitter BFFs. Dr. Tony, man. I've decided, nope, just T Bone. T Bone. Um, <laughs> I've decided. Oh. I've already, he's never going to hear this. So, T Bone. So, what is that? I, you've been hanging out with Matt. Oh, Matt, I know. Uh, I've J-Bone? decided that about once a week, I'm going to just tweet him something random. Without context, just as though we've known each other forever. But anyway, that's my. My social it's media strategy. Doctor Tony preached here Sunday. T-Bone. How was that? It was very good. He brought the word, man. I didn't get to hear him speak or anything. We he's, just he's gifted, man. Shook he can, hands he and can straight, said hi. straight bring the word. We missed an opportunity. We should have had him on here. We should have, but you know, that's kind of our thing: missing opportunities. Yeah, we have great ideas. Yeah, after the opportunity is passed. Just kind of like that time we talked about preaching and then had a professor of preaching come on three <laughs> weeks later and undo all the damage we'd done. Oh. So today, our great idea. Uh, we've talked about a lot of different topics on this podcast. We've talked about uh, prayer, sermon planning, study. We've talked about rest. We've talked about quiet times. Dance. There's, have we? Oh, that was on a different podcast. Dad jokes. Uh, all of these could be gathered together under one big umbrella, and we're going to talk today just about the topic of discipline, about being disciplined in general, what it looks like to, to learn uh, to be a self-disciplined person, why it's important, some of the struggles. Uh, you don't have to think very hard to find areas in your life or areas in the life of the people around you uh, in which we are not disciplined. We're just not a, a very disciplined people, and it's hard work to be disciplined. So let's talk about today why it's important, why it's helpful, why it's hard, why is Rusty giggling <laughs> I'm already? Z- I'm already, you said dad jokes and I can't help it. I'm thinking about don't open an umbrella in the house, and you said this is an umbrella. Like, it's not even funny. I'm just sitting over here. <laughs> I'm just tired, dad. y'all. It's a Thursday. It's a Thursday. I'm tired, and I'm laughing at my own jokes. Dad okay? it up over there. I knew that wasn't good enough for the air. That's why I was trying to suppress it. I did, but you just got all giggly. But it's also hard, yeah, because you're like trying to have a serious comment. Like, well, you know, life. Right, it's like when talking, you get the giggles at a funeral. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. And you're like, what? And then the harder you try not to laugh, the more it's going to happen. So speaking of self-discipline, we're the perfect guys, obviously, to be talking about this. As we even bring up the topic of discipline, we're like, <laughs> this is hilarious, man. So let's start here. Um, I think that uh, point one, and you can counterpoint or just agree with me and high five if you want. I think that discipline is a fruit of the spirit. I think discipline is just another word for self-control. Yeah, yeah, fear. 
point two. Let's move on. No. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I think, and I, I see this kind of proven out in my own life because I noticed that that when I'm, it's both and, kind of a, a two-way street here. When I'm less disciplined, I'm less successful in ministry and I feel less obedient to Christ. Like I can tell that I'm drifting in my relationship God, from God when I'm less disciplined and it goes the other way too. When I start drifting, it results in being less disciplined. So being less disciplined results in a drift from God and when I'm drifting away from God. And the opposite's also true. I can tell that when I'm more disciplined, it's more beneficial. When I'm less disciplined, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm saying the same yeah. thing several ways repeatedly. Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel you on that. Self-control is really just the idea of intentionally doing everything. Like we joke about intentional being a buzzword, but it's a it's buzzwords are buzzwords for reasons, for a reason, yeah. right? Uh, so I think of Paul saying, "Take every thought captive." Yeah, if you intentionally thought about everything you were going to do, say, and think, if you thought about what you're going to think, even I mean that that doesn't seem to make sense, but even if you are just guarding the way you think, it's going to change what you do and. Mm-hmm. I think about that. There's so many things that when we do them mindlessly, that is when we find ourselves getting in trouble. When I go through a work week without thinking about, I got to write that sermon. Yeah. I need to, then I end up on Friday or Saturday, like, oh gosh, I got to get this thing done before tomorrow. Uh, and the same way with other things. If I eat without thinking about it, man, I'm going to take out four or five baskets of chips before we even get the meal. And then right. I'm just going to sit there and eat because that's what we do without thinking about what I'm doing. So that self-control and self-discipline does, kind of like you said, run into every single area of our lives. And so spiritually, though, like we don't want to be legalistic, but the pendulum swings too far the other way. And sometimes we can justify laziness or apathy or a lack of discipline with grace. Oh, but we don't we don't have to live like that. True, you don't have to live like that for salvation. Uh, but I think for sanctification, you certainly need to be self-controlled and you need to be disciplined. Uh, so to please God... You don't have to be, um, you know, legalistic, I guess, or uh, overly conscious about those things. No, you don't have to do that for salvation purposes, but to be obedient, I think you do. Yeah. Like there's definitely sanctification involved when we're taking captive our thoughts, when we're being a good steward of our money and our time, when we're taking care of ourselves physically. Um, and so we don't want to, we don't want to let grace be a license for laziness. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's easy to do that sometimes, but reality is if you're doing that, you don't really understand grace because what grace really does is pushes you to know him more and love him more. So if you've really experienced his love, then you press into him instead of walking away from him. But a lot of times I do think that our cheap grace does afford us the ability to be lazy, but real grace will drive us deeper into the disciplines of knowing Christ more. I wonder too, if our culture of instant gratification causes us to be less disciplined because part of, of being a disciplined person is, uh, and this is a, a common saying, Jared's not coming up with something clever and witty here, but that discipline is deciding or, or weighing what you want most versus what you want now. So I don't, yeah, I, now I want to eat four baskets of chips and hot sauce before the meal gets here. But what I want most is to not weigh 782 pounds. That's a very exact number. Jared saw the scale this morning. <laughs> How dare you, sir? 
Um, so I was talking about me, but that would have been even. That's back to our apartment <laughs> that we're living in now. Like this podcast just gets further and further depraved. <laughs> so, uh, what I want now versus what I want most, and we do live in a culture of now of instant yeah. gratification. So I wonder too sometimes if delayed gratification uh, and us not being used to having to wait on things, if that maybe chips away at our ability to be self-controlled and disciplined. There's no doubt. And uh, this just so easily parallels with the physical, yeah. uh, which I've noticed in life oftentimes that the physical parallels with spiritual. Like yeah. if, I'm, if I'm being very disciplined physically, then that runs over into the spiritual a lot life of carry well. over. But um, I know for me, like the other day, there was a, we Marco Poloed and I was just like, I've been doing this CrossFit stuff for like six weeks and I'm still fat. You know, like I was just upset about it, right? And it's like, I'm only six weeks in. Like it, it took me, you know, four or five years to get this out of shape. And I'm mad that in six weeks I haven't completely unraveled right. and undone it. You know, Rusty wasn't built in a day. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it took a, it took a long time, bite by bite, brick by brick. Uh, so like I told the church last night, I've been working out six weeks and I can tell I'm stronger and stuff, but I haven't lost a whole lot of weight yet. And I was like, I'm still fat, but I can rip a phone book in half now. So <laughs> I'm like about to audition for the power team, uh, power team XL. Jesus loves you. Yeah, that's right. So, but, but I haven't noticed that like all the jokes aside, I really feel that way. Like I'll try to diet and I'll do really good for two or three days and step on the scale and be like, why am I even doing this? Right. Cause it's been three days, you know? Yeah. And, but it's so hard to string it together because back to the other thing we've said oftentimes, like crock pot versus microwave. And of course I used a food analogy to talk about a food analogy, I'm but hungry now. Yeah, exactly. What do we got in the kitchen? So it's the idea that it just doesn't happen now, but we, like you said, we're so used to it that it's hard for us to do discipline that results aren't seen now, but spiritually back to the spiritual dimension, a lot of what we do is unseen and will not be seen on this side of eternity. That's what makes our job so frustrating. If you're a vocational pastor or even just a lay minister, a lot of what you do, you will not see the results. If you're teaching children Sunday school, you're not going to see how those kids turn out for several years. And you know what? You may die and then they're going to, in their late years, remember. So it's just a, it's a work that you don't see the fruit immediately happening. And that makes it difficult when you don't see the fruit of your labor. And so discipline then is you keep showing up. You keep showing up and teaching the Sunday school class. You keep waking up and saying the prayers. You keep waking up and studying the word. You keep you know, carving time out to go to the gym. You keep saying no to the dessert over and over and over and over again. And I think that's the other part of, for me anyway, that's hard about discipline is just the monotony of it. Uh, because there's, I mean, how many times can I eat a salad? How many times can I get up and read this passage? How many times can I get up and pray this same thing? And it, there's, there's just the monot. you know, it, there are a thousand different ways to be depraved. <laughs> there's, yeah. a, there's so many different ways to, to blow a diet or to, the road is wide. Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think of that, man. You are so wise. I'm such a sage. That's, but that's Speaking exactly, sage, that's a spice, isn't it? It is. Food. Mm. So. Speaking of depraved. Again, our spinoff podcast, A Thousand Calories a Week. (laughs) We got to do that. We'll have a special episode. But that would be an extreme weight loss episode if we only had A Thousand Calories a Week. Oh, good point. A Thousand Calories, but what A Thousand Calories a Week means is that while we're recording the podcast, we will eat at least A Thousand Calories. That's what it is. (laughs) While you're listening, we're concerned. Point is, yeah, there's, so the narrow way is, is narrow. I mean, there's only 
if you want to get financially in better shape, you have to say no to a whole lot of things. It's and like you Ramsey. Have to, Dave Ramsey says that if you want to live like nobody else, you got to live like nobody else. Yeah. If in the future you want to live like nobody else, then yeah. today you got. So yeah. So there's a there's again a thousand different ways to waste time. But the things that I know I need to do are very few, and and so the monotony and the narrowness of it, uh, I think discipline can make us feel like we're missing out on something. Yeah. Uh, which it, you know, in a way we are, but again, we're choosing the better over the right now. We're choosing what we want most over what we want immediately. Yeah. So. That's that's good. I think we've covered all the why it's hard. Why is it good? Because it gets you what you want, right? Yeah. Is that the end of it? Did we just finish this? Thanks part? for listening. It's been a great <laughs> week. No, I, I do think, yeah, so so why is discipline important? Well, we're called to it. I mean, that is God's design for us is to get into these healthy rhythms because even though we do feel like it's a thousand ways and there's variety, we're actually choosing the same self-destruction every time. So there's a thousand ways to self-destruct, but it's kind of like lemmings. You know, we're jumping off of different different cliffs, but it's the but same still ending, jumping right? Off, yeah. uh, so we're choosing our flesh over choosing walking in the spirit. And here's the reality. Every time you choose to walk in the flesh, you feel miserable afterward. This is true. Like I, like I think of... If uh, you're a Christian, even, if you got the spirit at work in you. Even let's, let's think about uh, walking in the flesh when it comes to sexual sin. That's a, that's a self-discipline yep. issue, right? Um, I even think of secular comedian Louis C.K., who has like a very graphic, this is a PG-13 podcast, only we listen, he like talking about like gratifying yourself, yeah. your flesh sexually. And he says that, you know, he, he there's a comedic bit that I saw a few years ago where he's like, aren't you just filled with intense shame mm-hmm. when you're done doing that? And I thought, here is a secular person. And he gets it. Who is not Christian-y at all, <laughs> at all. In fact, has some terrible bits about Christianity, right? And, and everyone's laughing, which means that they're the same yeah. way. So as soon as they gratify the flesh, even people who have don't have the Holy Spirit feel that shame. And that, I believe, is the Lord trying to say, hey, this isn't how this is designed. So you take that into when you overeat. Like there are occasions where we're feasting where that's appropriate. Right. And, you know, yeah, you, you wear your elastic pants to Thanksgiving and you're thankful for everything God did. But like if you and I got done today and went to Mama Jack's breakfast buffet and ate until we were about to die and then tried to go to work, yeah, our flesh is saying, why'd you do that, man? Yeah. Uh, well, so, you said before on here that our problem is we've turned every day into a feast day. Mm-hmm. And that's okay sometimes, special occasions, twice a year. Yeah. But every single day, if, and you used the word rhythms a minute ago, if that's our rhythm, if that's our habit, just to always be feasting, to always be selfish, to always be gratifying the flesh, then it's going to turn into a life of just misery and yeah. shame and self-loathing. I mean, that's what that's what Adam and Eve did, right? They sinned, and then immediately they felt they they were naked and ashamed, and they tried to cover themselves and hide from God, and it's been happening ever since. Yeah, we just keep doing the same things. So again, we kind of went back to why it's bad, but to go back to why it's good is that when we do find ourselves walking in the discipline and self-control, walking with the spirit, that we do feel God's pleasure. That we do sense that we are where we need to be and we have that completeness that only comes from walking with Christ. And Jesus said that, abide in me um, and I will abide in you. That way you can bear much fruit. And in verse 10 of John chapter 15, he says, the reason I tell you these things is so that you may abide in me and your joy may be complete. Yeah. So if we want to be complete, we find that by walking with Christ. Yeah, discipline is a, a bad word. 
it has a negative connotation. Yeah. And so we don't like to think about it and we don't like to do it. But yeah, there is joy in being a disciplined person. I mean, okay, this is me coming out of the CrossFit closet. So I've also been doing CrossFit for about six weeks. Dun, dun, dun. Which is which maybe is not the best advertisement if people look at me and you yeah. and go, is that what CrossFit <laughs> These guys gets do you? CrossFit? Wow. wow. Where's Jenny Craig's phone yeah, number? Yeah, our, uh, <laughs> our, our uh, gyms have not been advertising us. Let's <laughs> Sorry, put it that coach. way. But uh, we keep having the conversation. The way I keep putting it is I'm not having fun, but I'm enjoying it. And I'm yeah. glad I'm doing it. When you get in there and you're sweaty and you're laying on the ground and you're miserable and you're thinking, okay, I've got 10 more reps to do. I hope I don't throw up. It, it doesn't feel good, but then you get done and you get later that afternoon. I'm glad I did it. It's not fun. Um, and I know Hebrews talks about this and it uses the word discipline in a little bit different uh, language, but it says when discipline's happening, nobody enjoys it, right? Yeah. Necessarily. It, there it's talking about when God disciplines his children, but the same idea applies. Like when you're, when you wake up and you don't feel like it, but you do it anyway, you may not enjoy it, but later on you're going to be grateful that you did it because that's how you get the results that you want. The yeah. way that you grow in the word is even when you don't feel like it, you discipline yourself to sit down, pray, take a deep breath and study the word. If you want to grow in the word, the only way to grow in the word is to discipline yourself to study the word. If you want to grow in prayer, the way you grow in prayer is to pray even when you don't feel like it. And yeah. I think that's the difference. That I think that's what makes discipline discipline is when motivation is gone, when you don't feel like doing it, you still do it anyway. Yeah. That's what discipline is. And there's that moving, and this is a phrase you've probably heard, but that moving from duty to delight mm -hmm. that happens. Now, it hadn't happened for me when I'm working out yet. <laughs> like, I don't think there's been a middle of the workout where I'm like, man, I'm glad I'm doing right. this. But um, with prayer and the word, with the spiritual disciplines in, in particular, on that day when I wake up and don't want to read the word, after I do it, I'm like, why did I not want to do right. this? Yeah. And I have people tell me this at church, usually my deacons and friends who are close enough to say this, who will be willing to say it, who'll talk about, man, I didn't want to come tonight at all, mm -hmm. but I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did, you know? every time. And it's, it's because when we do open ourselves to the Lord, we're like, wow, what, why, I would have missed this. I would have yeah. missed this moment if I hadn't have intentionally sought him. So... Yeah, when the days when it seems tough, we have to remember the success and remember those moments. And that's, again, it, you can't help but to go back and forth on this. So back to working out again. Mm -hmm. One thing that I've had to try to do the last few weeks is when I'm about to embark on a difficult workout is remember this is going to feel good later. Yeah. I'm going to love the moment when this is done and I'm walking back to my car. It's my favorite moment every day, not because I'm done, mm -hmm. but because of the accomplishment that I feel that I did it yeah. when I'm walking back to that car. And I walk, walk out, wave at everybody, say, see y'all next time. And when I'm walking to that car and it's just me walking out there, that sense of accomplishment that I feel. So I have to remind myself of that moment. Now, I'm not talking about personal pride when it comes to spiritual disciplines. Instead, what we have to do is on the morning you don't want to do it, we have to remember yeah, but God met me there yesterday. Yeah. And live for that moment. And that's why when we don't feel it, we still do it because we know I may not be feeling it, but I'm going to meet with Jesus when I come to the word. Just want to read real quick from Philippians 3. Paul has, uh, of course, Philipp the first part of Philippians 3, Paul's talking about, you know, if anybody else is confident in their flesh, I've got more reason to be confident. I'm a, I'm a Hebrew and I was a Pharisee and I know the law and I'm zealous for it and I persecute. And he says, but I count all that stuff rubbish for the sake of gaining Christ and knowing Christ. And then he says, starting in verse 12, not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, 
but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but this is what I do. Forget what is behind and strain toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize that Christ has called me to. And so even there, that's that's the language of discipline. I press on. I forget yesterday and I think about the prize that I have ahead of me and I press on and I move forward. Even if the motivation is not there that day, even if I'm not feeling it, the discipline says I press on. So quickly, in the few minutes we have left, what are some things that can help with discipline? Uh, number one, accountability. One of the yeah. reasons I get, honestly, one of the reasons I do keep on working out is because I know that you, you and I are going to talk about it. What, what workouts did you do? How's it going? Um, there's people in the classes that we go to. Uh, if you're part of a small group or a Sunday school class or y'all have CBF here, hopefully the days that you skip and the weeks that you don't feel like going, hopefully somebody's texting you and saying, hey, are you okay? There's accountability. So number one, get other people involved in your disciplines. Whatever your goals are, talk to one or two people about them, get some accountability in your life. Uh, Number two, plan ahead to be disciplined. Plan to be disciplined, which I know sounds redundant, but uh, you make up your mind the night before that you're going to go work out tomorrow, right? Yeah. I, I pack my bag. I pack a gym bag the day before. Um, if you're studying the Bible, if that's the discipline you're working on, get a plan. Um, there's tons of them. You know, get the U version app and pick a plan and start reading through the Bible. You just finished reading through the Bible in. Yeah, I did a 90 day. Where'd you get that? Bible 90, it was on U version. Uh, you know, ton I, of them. I used the McShane plan last year to, to. We talked about that on Bible on our Bible reading yeah. episode that bounces back between um, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, get a devotional. But my point is you. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. No, there's truth to that. So um, accountability, have a plan. Yep. For sure. Yeah, those are things we need. And spiritually, like like you said, if we don't, we, we're good at making other plans, but we kind of just have Bible reading and prayer sometimes as an also to our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, but part of making a discipline a discipline is having a plan to do it, right? Uh, even, again, we just keep going back to this, but it's, it's okay. Like summertime, you and I were like, Hey, we're going to start running. Mm-hmm. Right. But it was kind of on our own yeah. at our own pace. And we kind of had each other to hold each other accountable. Kind of, of course, Harvey is really what dismantled That's, that by the way. So it really did. I'm not going to say we just completely Cause failed. Cause me and you and Derek Hicks were signed up for a race together. Yeah, but as soon as that door opened, we ran through it. Yeah. You know what really? I'm saying? Oh, like, Oh, I guess a hurricane a happened. Hurricane. So my running trip forget being away. in shape, you know? <laughs> I mean, we were out for two weeks, so the whole thing's sabotaged now. <laughs> Might as well just go back to eating what I want and not exercising. But <laughs> it's kind of funny. We do that same thing spiritually. We do. Right? It just takes Grand, one Grandma to... dies, and we're just like, well, the Lord doesn't love me anymore, right? Yeah. Or uh, you have a conflict at church, and you're just like, well, forget that, you yeah. know? So it's, it's silly, but uh, having a plan and having accountability, I think, is crucial to disciplining ourselves. And, uh, again, keeping the end goal in mind but knowing that it's coming for the Christian, that is not only a deep and abiding relationship with Jesus, but eternity. Yeah. Everything that happens to us here is preparation for eternity. So uh, I I don't want to have to start my relationship with Jesus. When I get to heaven, I want to have a deep and abiding relationship with him here. That's just going to keep on. Except then I'm going to be in his presence. So it feels like a reunion more than a meeting. Exactly. Exactly. So discipline yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> do it again I'll edit that out 
Uh, discipline yourselves, brothers and sisters, ministers that are listening, lay leaders in the church. We must work to discipline ourselves and uh, physically, hey, get in shape so God can use you as long as he desires to. You know, people always say, hey, the Lord's going to take me when he's going to take me as they're eating their chicken fried steak. Mm-hmm. But here's what I've kind of become convicted of over the last couple of years. I've told Mallory one time, I'm okay with that because I do believe in the sovereignty of God, but I don't want to get to heaven and the Lord say, man, I could have used you for 80 years if you would have not eaten cheeseburgers three or four times a week. You know, I want to do the best I can to be a good steward of my health. So be a good steward of your health. Be a good steward of the resources God's given us to grow spiritually. Sermons, Bibles, Bible studies, the church. Go to church. Yeah. So be connected to Jesus and serve him as well as you can in the days ahead. That's a conversation we're getting ready to have at church or by the time this releases i will have already done it from the pulpit but going to church is a discipline you know maybe some of our listeners are not volunteers or staff later uh you know staff members at a church maybe you're a lay person in church going to church is a spiritual discipline there are times where you wake up and don't feel like going go anyway because you know it's a command of god and it's your obedience but also it's going to bless you it's going to encourage you um and if you go to church and it doesn't encourage you Find a different church. Can a couple of pastors let you in on a secret? <laughs> there are days when we don't want to go to church. True story. That'll be another But we episode. do it. And again, we do it and God blesses. Absolutely. Every time. First yeah. uh, Timothy 4, 8. Physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So that ties in everything you said about uh, being disciplined, thinking about the results now, but also thinking about eternity. So uh, be a disciplined person. It's not easy but it's good. If you haven't read it, uh, I read it in college, A Celebration of Discipline by, I think uh, guy's Richard name Foster. is Richard Foster. Um, There's also the book, Matthew is a huge proponent of this, by Whitney, uh, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. That's a, a very, um, very solid scripture-saturated book mm-hmm. that's good as well. But it all comes down to, number one, getting close to Christ, because again, um, it's a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, dot, 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 dot. Self-control. Self-control. Self-control is discipline. Being willing to say yes to the right things, no to the wrong things, um, and doing it over and over and over and over again, knowing that if you do that every day for a year, then you're going to be a year further down the road than you would have been. You're not going to get where you want to go if you just kind of haphazardly drift through life, crossing your fingers, hoping for the best. Preaching to us as much as our listeners right now. You want to go get some donuts? Absolutely, I do. Drop the mic. (laughs) Yeah.